0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to, uh, Vineyard Community Church. We're glad you're with us as we continue on in the study we're doing on the ministry of encouragement. And, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that everybody enjoys this particular series because I think it's something that, uh, the Lord really impressed upon us that we have to pick up and walk into and that it's a ministry for everyone and that, uh, uh, God wants us to be fully involved in the idea and the understanding of the ministry of encouragement. And um, I have asked you, I've actually given you homework over the last two weeks. And uh, I know everybody's busy, so it's hard. But but we're going to memorize together Hebrews 19 through 25. I see the panic look on some of your faces now because you don't remember. But uh, I'm going to keep doing this because it's something I really want you to get to. And to to commit those verses to memory over the next six weeks because you're going to need them as we move into this ministry. We've already talked about the need for the ministry and we've looked at some of its biblical foundation. And I want to I want to broaden that again this week as we we really lay down the the, the foundation of what the ministry looks like. But you are supposed to have memorized now Hebrews 10:19 and 20. So far by this week we're doing it one verse at a time, and so you should be able to say Hebrews 10:19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up open for us through the curtain that is His body, that that's what you should know by now. Um, and and so, if you haven't, start picking that up. Start learning those verses, those two. Now we're going to add the, the verse 21 to it today. It's another little short verse. I think they put it on the slides upstairs. And, and, and so you should be able to say next week, those two that I gave you, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. So if, you've, if you haven't been doing this, it's not too many to learn. Go back and get it for next week. All right. I want to encourage you to memorize Scripture. And we're giving you some pointed Scripture to memorize, but no matter how young you are, how old you are, it's very good for you to develop the habit of learning a verse a week. It's just very powerful stuff. And and if we all get in that habit, you'll be surprised how much Bible you will know in relatively short period of time. Cuz it should just resonate in you so that the Holy Spirit can just pop it into your mind when you need it. And and we're going to need these verses as we engage in the ministry of encouragement. Because as much as God wants us to do it, we'll we'll find some Adversarial response to it because there's someone who would rather we didn't and that someone has been doing a great job of discouraging the world and we've talked about uh, his tools of doing that over the last couple of weeks. We've, we've talked about discouragement. I, I described it in week one discouragement as the taking away of someone's courage. We, we certainly talked about encouragement, which is putting courage into someone. But discouragement is to take it away. And last week I said that it's it's one of the chief weapons of warfare of our enemy. And so I want to um, describe discouragement a little more uh, so that we know what we're fighting against. And the reality is that if we're not certain of what discouragement looks like, we may not deal with the discouragement in our own lives. And if we're if we're not able to deal with our own discouragement, we'll never be able to encourage others. And so we need to have a look at it. And, and I've told you that it's, it's sort of become epidemic in our culture. We live in a grumpy culture. And that my feeling is that one of the biggest reasons why is we've, we've been saturated with bad news. And that it's a constant bombardment of bad news. And that we've opened ourselves up to it um, in, in, uh, because the world's a scary place, I guess. And, and now we're just, we're just primed to receive everything negatively and it's all coming in and it, it looks hopeless. But, but we're the people of God. And, and we're the ones who need to know that no matter what's going on around us, um, we can put our hope in Him and we can put our trust in Him. And, and that's what we need to talk about today. And so I want to talk about uh, discouragement just a little bit more, not to discourage you, but, uh, to make you aware of what we're fighting against. And, and for this, uh, lesson today, I want you to think about discouragement as a spiritual heart attack. Because I believe that's what discouragement is. It's a spiritual heart attack. And with that in mind, I want to talk about its symptoms, its cause, and its treatment. We'll be using as our primary text today, uh, Deuteronomy one nineteen through 33. If you want to find that in your Bibles, you can. Uh, it will be a little while before we get there. But uh, but we're going to talk about that in a moment as it relates to discouragement and encouragement. But I want to talk first about the symptoms of a spiritual heart attack. And um, like I said, we have to look at some of these because I'm, I'm convinced that some people are battling discouragement. They don't even really know what they're battling. And so they, they haven't been able to overcome it because they haven't been able to put a name on it. And then stand and pray and fight and find some freedom in the process. So I have some thoughts about um, what discouragement looks like. And, and uh, the problem also with discouragement is is that we, be, if we're discouraged, we'll never become encouragers because when we're discouraged, we tend to be insensitive, intimidating, or negligent. Because the focus is on us. We've talked about that. Discouragement causes us to be fearful, which causes us to withdraw and isolate and be selfish. Because all we're concerned about is us and how everything impacts us. And every piece of news that we hear, that's all how we process it. How does this impact me? And and there's no life in that. So here's some things that might be a clue uh, as to whether or not you're discouraged. And and so I, I have it this way. Here's the symptoms. Um, you might be discouraged if, A, you have little or no hope. If you find yourself most of the time having very little hope or no hope at all, most likely you're battling discouragement. If everything seems to be huge and you're fearful, you're probably discouraged. And, and for me to stand up here and tell you I wanted you to go and encourage people sounds like something ridiculous because you need to be encouraged. And so we have to, we have to start with that first. You might be discouraged if, B, you, you tend to overemphasize your imperfections. A lot of people get stuck in that trap. And all they do is they, they sort of make a, they just kind of rip on themselves for their, their human imperfections. And they're, they're just so aware of them that they can't move through life. Here's the deal. All of us are imperfect. God created us wonderfully, but all of us are imperfect. He's the only one that's perfect, so we all have imperfections. But but we don't need to make them the focus of our lives. They're just part of the deal. Part of the deal. And so we don't need to overemphasize them. We figure out what they are and ask God to give us a workaround, and we move on from there. But some people are stuck, and it, and it's a it's a symptom of discouragement. Uh, you might be discouraged if you overreact when you make a mistake. Um, again here's something in case you didn't know, people make mistakes all the time. It's, again, the imperfect thing. Um, we don't get it right all the time. We make mistakes. We, we all, in the, in the course of a day, make lots of mistakes. And um, you just can't beat yourself up over them. You try and learn from them, but you're not less of a person because you make mistakes. Although for some people, when they make a mistake, they feel like less of a person. And it's because they're discouraged, and they're so performance-oriented that they can't deal with the fact that they made a mistake. We all make mistakes. It's all part of the deal. And and we just can't beat ourselves up for it. Um, you find yourself putting yourself down. That's D. Sort of mumbling comments to yourself. Well, you know, it figures you would do that. Uh, of course, you mess that up. You always mess that up. You never get it right. You, and And people take that on and... It's a sign of discouragement. If you're just constantly running yourself down, um, you, you've got to deal with discouragement. E, you have trouble receiving praise. If you're discouraged, you have difficulty. If somebody does tell you that you're doing something good, you can't really take it in. Because you, you, you don't believe it. Because you're so convinced that the other stuff is true. That when someone tells you something good, you, you just think that they're kind of, you know, being dishonest. Or that it's something they're supposed to say or... Or whatever, you just can't take it in that, that, uh, whatever you're doing is a good thing. And, and if you can't do that, and some of you are understanding this stuff, you're picking it right up, um, you have, you're, you're struggling with discouragement. And, and God wants to help you with that. F. Um, you might be discouraged if you have no trouble taking in criticism. And by that I mean anything, any little criticism that comes along, you take it immediately and you take it all the way in. As of course, Whoever is telling you is absolutely right and you're wrong. And you don't even question it. You just you've gotten to the point where you just take it all and you must they must be right because you're you you just assume you're always wrong. You know, it, when someone's critical, it's okay to listen to it. You don't got to buy it. You can listen to it and go, "No, I don't think so." And 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 yet a lot of people don't have enough encouragement. They haven't been encouraged to be confident enough to go, "Well, okay, well that's your opinion. I don't really care." And, and yet, you're allowed to do that. I always listen to criticism, but I don't always receive it. It's like, okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> you can be critical all you want. Um, and so we listen to it. And, and if it's valid, sure, then take it in. But a lot, of, a lot of people will throw a lot of stuff at you that has no validity at all, and you need to just let it fly. Just don't take it. You don't have to take it. So in, in case you didn't know that, you are free to not take criticism. Oh, no, thank you, no. It's like if someone comes to you with a bag of snakes. You can say no. Saying <laughs> you might if it was a bag of snakes, no thank you. But if you don't know that you don't, you know, oh well, they gave it to me, it was a gift. You can say no. Be empowered to say no. And G, you might be discouraged if you turn to artificial forms of courage. This not just this little group, but this group in general that we have here, including your pastor, knows all about what that looks like, and um, it's it's just not where life is. And if you're constantly having to turning to some, if you turn to something artificial to find life, you've got an issue that you need to work on because it's not where you find it. You'll never be encouraged by turning to anything other than Jesus. All encouragement lies in Him. And we've looked at that, and so those are some symptoms. There's probably a lot more, but but I I thought that was enough to sort of run by you. And and you you might you, you might have a couple of these, and you deal with them. See, that's the idea. If you if you're realizing there's some issues here, then what you want to do is you want to listen as we talk about why that's happening, the cause, and then the treatment, so that that you can go through the treatment. To be encouraged so that you can encourage others. Because you can't do it. I, I can't, I can stand up here and do all these weeks on encouragement and if you're not encouraged, you won't encourage anybody else. And so we have to look at it, have to take a, a good look at it and figure out what's going on. So what is the cause then of discouragement? That's the second point. And I want to look at a story from the early history of the Hebrews. And um, it's during the time when the people had left Egypt and they're on the way to the promised land and they become very discouraged. There's a verse in Numbers 21 four, not quite to that text we're going to get to yet. But Numbers 21 four says, and they journeyed from Mount or by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. So they've uh, the people have been set free from four hundred and thirty years of slavery and bondage, but because the journey is difficult, they're very discouraged. And once they finally arrive near their destination, see this the whole forty year thing. Didn't have to be. But once they get close, the the people are so discouraged and, and even though they've seen God move in these amazing ways, they they're very hesitant. And there's this conversation that Moses has with the people in Deuteronomy 1, 19 through 33. And, and it's a follow up to, to what happens. Well, I'll read the verses and we'll talk about it. It says this, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 19 through 33. Then, as the Lord our God commanded us, we sent out, we set out from Mount Horeb and went down, uh, went toward the hill country of the Amorites through all the vast and dreadful desert that you have seen. And so we reached Kadesh Barnea. Then I said to you, this is Moses, you have reached the hill country, the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. See, the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up and take possession of it, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Then all of you came to me and said, well, let us send men ahead to spy out the land for us and bring back a report about the route we are to take and the towns we will come to. The idea seemed good to me, so I selected twelve of you, one man from each tribe. They left and went up into the hill country and came to the valley of Eshul and explored it. Taking with them some of the fruit of the land, they brought it down to us and reported, It is a good land that the Lord our God is giving us. But you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, The Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made us lose heart. They say, the people are stronger and taller than we are, and the cities are large with walls up to the sky. We even saw the Anakites there. And then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God, who is going before you, will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt, before your very eyes and in the desert. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son All the way you went until you reached this place. In spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord your God who went ahead of you on your journey in fire by night and in a cloud by day to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way you should go. What happens here is that the the Israelites um, decide, rather than going in, which is what they were supposed to do, they send in 12 spies. And the twelve spies come back with a report, and the report is that it is indeed this amazing land with this amazing fruit, but there's giants in the land. And ten of the spies give a negative report, and two give a positive report. Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb have seen it, and they and they say to the people, "Listen, God's been with us this whole time. What are you afraid of? Let's go." He said to go, and he's gonna, and all we need to do is go. But they listen to the ten who were discouraged. Instead of the two that were encouraged. And they never went in. And, and Moses points out the cause of discouragement in verse 32. And here is the ultimate cause of all discouragement. You did not trust in the Lord your God. When you're discouraged, it's a trust issue. It's always a trust issue. Always. Because we begin to believe that God just won't do what he says he's going to do. We, we begin to believe that somehow... He'll, he'll do it for everybody else but us. And and our trust is shaken and we get discouraged because we're convinced that the very worst of everything is going to happen to us. So we, we, we get discouraged. And the problem is there's no life there. That is, a, that is an, in effect, a spiritual heart attack. And you've, you've spiritually ceased to exist and enjoy the kind of life that God has for you. And 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 that's what he's got for us. And and we live in a world where terrifying things happen. But the world's always been like that since it was broken, since the fall. It's been a terrifying place, because sin entered the world, and sin and the results of sin are terrifying. And yet, we're told because of God not to be afraid. Remember last week I I told you the verse that that you needed to know Second Timothy one seven. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but power. Love and a sound mind. And, and that verse is, is all about now. As much as any other time. We don't need to go through life afraid. Because we can trust in the Lord. Is it a pass on bad things happening? No. I, I've told you that. Living in this life. It's a broken world. It's a broken planet. Fallen. Bad things will happen. but But ultimately God is always with us. Can use everything that happens. And we're with him forever. And what lies ahead is better than anything that we'll, we'll deal with now, way better. Paul said, you know, that, that our light and momentary troubles, and he was going through all sorts of, nothing that seemed light or momentary to me when I read it. He was beaten and whipped and shipwrecked and bitten by snakes and tossed out of towns and you name it. Paul had it happen to him. And he goes, ah, you know, light and momentary troubles. Nothing compared to the glory that awaits us. And so we, we live in this tension. We have to, but, but, but see now, knowing there's attention allows us to live life in, and be encouraged because He's got us. And, and it's in that that we find life again. Not in the circumstance, but living in Christ, living in the adventure that He's laid before us. And see, the, the treatment, um, for discouragement is to get the focus off of your circumstances and back onto the Lord. We, we can't we can't be consumed by circumstances I'm not saying we ignore them we just can't they can't be our focus you know you can have something in your life that's not your focus and and that's okay. our focus needs to be on the lord and and we have to take some steps to get our focus off of that garbage and onto the lord and and whatever that looks like for you it depends on the depth of your your discouragement I, you know for me I, t- I told you this a couple of years ago i I realized i had in the background of my life, the 24-hour news channels, and it was on all the time, and and it it it, it slowly seeped in to the, my reality was that I was always upset, and I thought, what am I upset about? And I started thinking, well, I'm always upset when the show's on, when these shows are on, when this constant thing is, I'm upset, and because of my personality, I don't, I'm not very good at, at doing things moderately, and generally, I just have to stop doing them. <laughs> And And so, I just turned it off now it doesn 't mean I never see news. I do I watch for a few minutes here and there. I look at the internet to get the headlines. I want to know what's some of the things that are going on. But the moment it starts to get spun into me and that there's no hope, I let it go because I know that 's not God, and there's no life there, and we get consumed by it so so we have to we have to get our focus changed, and we 've been given some amazing um, weapons to defeat and overcome discouragement. And, and to help us change our focus. And I want to I give you the big three. There's probably a lot more. But these are three things that the Lord has given us to defeat discouragement in our own lives by changing our focus off of circumstances and learning and knowing and remembering that we can trust in God no matter what's going on. The first of the big three is faith. Faith. Um, we just talked about faith. We did a whole thing on Hebrews 11 here recently and and uh, that's called the faith chapter and we looked at some of the people of faith and the things that they had done and we we define faith and we look at but when Hebrews 12 starts up in the first 3 verses um uh, Hebrews 12:1 starts with therefore and that therefore is a reference back to Hebrews chapter 11 Because of this faith, because of faith, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, discouragement is just that. It's growing weary and losing heart. It's a spiritual heart attack. It comes from our focus being in the wrong place. And and it comes because our faith has grown weak and we need to be reminded of what faith is. And we need to get our eyes fixed on Jesus and off of the mess. And as we do, and as we remember what Jesus has done for us, and as we remember the cross, and as we remember the promises, and as we remember the fact that he's coming back for us soon, as we remember all those things, we can be encouraged again to deal with whatever comes our way. And not to withdraw and isolate and be afraid. We just can't take it anymore. But, but to be fully involved to be engaged. I told you last week that Christianity is, is about involvement. And, and, and it's not about isolation. And, and that the, the proof of that is the incarnation itself. That, that God demonstrated involvement in coming. In, in Jesus. Fully God, fully man. There, no, no higher level of involvement coming and, and living and dying for us. And that we need to be involved. And that that to stay involved, we can't grow weary and lose heart. We need to have our focus on Jesus and our faith built up in Him because we can trust Him. He's also given us prayer as a weapon against discouragement. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, the treatment guards your heart against spiritual heart attacks and is found in prayer. And that that part of discouragement is because we worry. We talk about worry here a lot. And, and, and so we when we start getting bombarded by all the negative stuff, we worry about it. Well, what's this mean? What's this mean? What's what if, what if? What if? What if? What if? And all I would ask you to do is take half of that time that you worry and use it in prayer. Because it'll free up the rest of the time. Because once you start to pray, you realize you don't need to be worried and you you all of a sudden have way more time. So when you feel yourself worrying and go, wait, wait, that's worry, I need to pray. Take it to the Lord. It's a powerful weapon against discouragement. The third is fellowship. Getting together. Encouraging one another. Being apart, being involved. Hebrews ten twenty five. one of the verses we're going to learn. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Our culture today, unfortunately, what is spinning out is people that get so busy that they get less and less connected. And that, that we need one another. That that we don't just gather, you know, for the heck of it. There's a purpose behind it. That... that for us to be the church in the world, to get out there and do the stuff, we've got to get in here and get refreshed. And we need each other. We, we need. Sometimes we'll come in all beat up and we need to know that people will love us and help us and pray for us. and Help us move in the right direction. And so these are three powerful tools and weapons that God has given us in this battle. Our faith, we can trust in Him. Prayer to take everything back to Him instead of worrying about it. Fellowship, getting together and hanging out. Now... There's one thing I want to end up with, and that's there's a there's a preventative as well. See the, the you know like um you know how you can take aspirin if you have got heart problems and it's good for you. Like one little aspirin every day is supposed to be a really good thing uh, to to keep everything moving the way it's supposed to. And so that's a preventative step that you can take. Well, I, I have this preventative for you as well. So we we talked about the symptoms, the cause, and the treatment. But once we're encouraged, and once our we have a healthy heart again, spiritual heart. We want to we maintain it and, and keep it in the right spot. So I've already actually told you about this, but I'm going to emphasize it again. This is the preventative. Every morning, before you even get out of bed, think about five things that you're thankful for. I've been asking you to do that for months, but I know how long it takes to break through our patterns and habits. So I'm going to keep asking you every morning. If you forget to do this, put it somewhere where you'll remember. You put some notes on your bathroom mirror, do something, and and so by the time you get to the bathroom mirror, the question should be on there, have you been thankful today? So you don't go past there. Put put it somewhere where you where it triggers because you 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 might not remember. But every day start with five things that you're thankful for. This will help to change your perspective on life because it'll immediately change the focus. And and so it's part of the preventative. And then the other part of the preventative that I encouraged you, was to encourage at least two people a day. Because there's something very powerful in the process. And I thought of something this week, and, it, and, and so we'll, we'll end with this. I, I came up with what I call the encouragement equation. And I developed a whole new science in the process that I call Encourageomics. And I am now the leading Encourageomist. And here's what's funny, when you have a website and you type in words like that that don't exist, Google indexes them, and now if you go and search for Encourageomics, guess what shows up? (laughs) My website. (laughs) Because it's not a word. But but see, it's a science, because I made it one, because I wrote this equation. And this equation is what I want you to remember. And the equation is U plus 2PE equals 3PE. Now, if you hate math, don't freak out, because I'm going to explain it to you. And, and let me tell you what the variables are. U is you. 2 PE is two people encouraged. Equals, who, th- who knows what 3 PE is? Three people encouraged. See, here's what happens. When you encourage two people, Three people end up being encouraged. Do you know why? God's like that. And if you go out of your way to encourage two people, I promise you, he'll reciprocate and you'll be encouraged as well. It always works that way because that's how God does things. And so if you encourage two people, three people get discouraged. Now, if you go on my website, I actually wrote a whole lot of other equations. Like I had U plus two in a small P.E., which is if you encourage two children, still three people are encouraged. (laughs) and i expanded the variable that if you encourage 3 people now 4 people are encouraged the other big equation that's on there is u plus 0pe equals minus u which means that you not encouraging anybody leaves you discouraged so so this is the new science of encourageomics and uh it's pretty simple <laughs> but but see there it is <laughs> That's funny now when I talk about it and they start bringing it up. I'm not going to read that to you now, but it's there. You can go and read it. I was getting silly, but I came up with a lot of equations and, uh, on how it works. So, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think it would be bad to remember U plus 2PE equals 3PE because I think it will help. And, you know, look for license plates and T-shirts. They'll probably be coming soon. <laughs> Coffee cups. And only we'll know what it means. Look, it's a preventative. And, and we don't need to go through life discouraged. And I think God wants it to start with us. I, I, I mean, maybe he's doing this in lots of other places. I don't know. But I just know he impressed it on us. It's got to start with us. And if we want to encourage the world around us, we've got to be encouraged. And he wants you to know that he loves you, that he's for you, that he's with you, and that he's got life for you. And that we don't need to in, just endure it. We don't need to go through it the way so much of the world does in fear. We don't need to be afraid. You've got a big God who's able to do stuff you can't even fathom or imagine. And and he loves you and he's for you. And and he's already with you in an eternal way if you know Christ. And he always will be. It'll just be, you know, more intense. And and he breaks through all the time. We live in the tension of the now and the not yet. He's in all the time. And and so focus on him. Put your heart on him. Get 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 your movement towards him. Remember to pray when you're when you're worried and and remember to be a, a person of faith hanging on to Jesus and, and that, that getting together is important. And it doesn't have to be just about here. Getting together with other believers who, who encourage you. It's very easy to just hang out with people who don't encourage you. It's not good for you. I'm not saying to dismiss them. I'm just saying there needs to be a balance because if all you hang out with is people that are discouraged and you never get around some encouragement, you'll get drained. And so, so we need a balance. And then we can go and encourage them. And, you know, the, the, the tipping point should be when you realize that they're having more impact on you than you are on them, you need to go and get filled back up again. Because if you hang out with people and you come away feeling like, you know, you, you wish Jesus would come back right that second, not that we don't always feel like that at some level, but worse than normal, then it's like, well, okay, I need, I need to go around someone that makes me feel like there's a hope. And, and then go find those people and hang around. Get built back up. This is the process of encouragement, and I just encourage you to take it on. Do the preventatives, guys. Five things every day that you're thankful for. Encourage two people. U plus 2 PE equals 3 PE. See how quickly you learned? Then that's the whole basis of encourageomics. Don't you with math? That simple? You know the entire science now of encourageomics, as, as explained by me. So, so pick it up, do it, remember, and in and, and that we'll find life. Amen? Amen. All right, well, if you're watching my video, thanks. Uh, If you're up in Williston, hi, guys. Good to see you. We'll be up soon. Uh, If you need prayer, they'll pray for you there. We're going to pray as a group. Uh, If you're watching on the Internet you need something, email us, write us, call us, do something, and we'll see what we can do. But let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us, your faithfulness to us, your love for us.